Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. Psalm 127, Psalm 127. We're going to be on Psalm 127, and then we're going to be over in Ephesians chapter 5. Psalm 127, let's, let's get into it here tonight. The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. <clears throat> and so, very, very familiar portion of the scripture here tonight uh, that, that, I, that I want us to, uh, to get into. Uh, and, and I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of the home. The subject of the home. And I'm going, I'm going to preach some more, um, not necessarily consecutive here this month, but I'm going to be hitting on that. Uh, next month is going to be different for me because every Sunday night we've got a guest speaker, missionary speaker, which is going to be fun. We haven't done that in a while, and I know you're going to enjoy them. I'm going to enjoy them, and it's just going to be a good time. Uh, but, uh, <coughs> but, uh, but I am going to be preaching more on the home this, this, uh, this year for sure. I have it on my, on my uh, preaching calendar there. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, thinking about this thing, I, 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 can, I can recall some of the different counseling sessions that I've had. And when people, uh, maybe they were once here and they're not here anymore, Sometimes I'll share, not, still not giving their names, but sometimes it gives me a little bit of liberty there to share some of the stuff. And I, I'll never forget sitting in my office years ago and uh, counseling this, this couple. And they said, uh, they said no, uh, Pastor Lang, they said, you won't be able to help me. And uh, I think at that point, I think maybe I was married maybe, maybe seven years that, at that point, maybe seven or eight years, uh, Jenny and I had been married. And, and, and I remember this person uh, telling them, they said, you can't help us. You just can't. And I said, well, uh, I mean, you mind if I ask why? They said, you've only been married once. And um, they had been married each two or three times. <laughs> and so, and I sat there and I thought, um, and they had been, only been married not that long at this point, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I can't, I, I can't, you know, there's a lot of things I might not be able to do. I said, I could at least tell you how to make it eight years. <laughs> I've been married 12, 13 years now, going on 13. Uh, you know, I can tell you how to make it that long at least. You know, and I just thought, but here, here's the thing. Can, do you see the foolishness in that? You can't help me. You've never been divorced. That, that, that is just foolish. And can I say that, 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 that they still struggle today? They're not here, but, uh, but they still struggle. And every once in a while, I'm able to get a glimpse into their life. And, and, I, and I just thought, you know, it's only going to be by God's grace that you all make it. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, we've we got to be careful with this thing. With the home, the Bible gives some very good guidelines. Now I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 with me, if you would. And, uh, but uh, talking about the subject of, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain uh, that build it. You know, you're, it's amazing to me the couples that struggle and they, they, they find themselves often uh, bickering back and forth and ridiculing each other. And, and maybe you're a good Christian home and you, you still have some bickering back and forth. That, that may be the case. But you know, when you go talking about your spouse and tearing them down, let me just tell you, that's not Christ-like at all. And can I say that that is not what God intends for your home. God intends for unity in the home. Your home should be a safe haven. You know, and I don't, I don't say this braggadociously, but the reality is my wife and I have never had a fight, ever, in 13 years. I've never one time raised my voice at my wife, not once. Now, is it in me to do that? Yes, it is. Within me, there's the capability, there is an anger with inside of me. If I unleashed it, I could tell my wife exactly how, you know, what, what for. I could. But that's not what Christ has for the home. 
Very, very easy for me to unleash and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, how dare you burn my toast? You know I like my toast this way. <laughs> I'm trying to be careful here tonight because there's, there's a lot of material I want to cover and I don't know how you're going to take it. Um, <laughs> you know, in the home, think about, you think about you've got the government, you've got the home, you've got schools, you've got churches. Uh, you know, our families are influenced by a lot. They really are. The friends that they choose. Can I, can I, you know, this morning, I hope you don't think that I, I was painting a picture of if you let your kids stay the night with somebody that you're a horrible person. That, that is not what I was trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if you do not know what's going on in your child. You ever watched a show and the kid backtalked? I don't care if it was Andy Griffith or what it was, but the little kid, you ever watched a show where the little kid back talk and you just sat there and uh, anytime that happens, boy, my wife, she about comes out of her, out of her seat. Boy, if that was me, boy, I would, I would, you know, connect with it. Yeah, I, boy, I would smack that kid in the face. And that's about how you feel, isn't it? And, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's, we become like the people we're around. We really do. If you're, if you're a negative person and you're around negative people, that, that, that's what you're going to produce. Um, if you're a positive person, you're going to produce positivity. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're around somebody who's, in, you, you want to be around somebody who's encouraging, you know who to go to, don't you? You know who you can go and you know, uh, there's the type of people when you walk in here, uh, no matter what, the sky is falling. There's no, you take a 63 degree day, they're going to say, yeah, but you know what? It's going to get cold tonight. Well, excuse me, bursting my bubble. I'm going to enjoy the 63 weather while I can. Hey, I'm having a good time. But you know what? There's, there's the people who will, you say, hey, it's 63 degrees outside. And they say, isn't it great, man? It's awesome. Uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll get it again tomorrow. You know, you've got that type of personality. <clears throat> and so that's wonderful. But, you know, we've got to be careful who we hang around and who we invest our, uh, our, our time in and who we allow our children to hang around. You know, my parents weren't overly protective of me growing up. But I tell you what, uh, they did have a general idea of where I was and who I was with when I was with somebody else. And can I say that we need that? You know, this whole give them their space thing. Yes, I, I believe there needs to be some space given. But can I say this? They need to earn that space. They need to prove themselves with that space. You know, the home, and excuse me here, I'm not trying to, trying to rock the boat. I'm not trying, to, trying to, to hit one side more to the other. But the reality is the home changed a lot by feminist thinking. The husband is still the head of the home. Amen. The husband is still the head of the home. Right. You know, the, the free-thinking hippie movement, new culture, rock, rap, drugs, all that stuff, public school curriculum, uh, taking away prayer and, and, and adding evolution. Uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to go as far as to say is, is that you know, I'm for prayer, but I'm afraid that if they ever did put prayer back in, that they're going to have them bowing five times a day toward Mecca. And so, yeah, yeah, they probably do in some of them. And the reality is um, that that's not what uh, my kids don't go to, to public school, but, but that's not what I want for them. Is it possible to have a Christian family in 2019? Is it possible? What is a Christian household? We, we've got we've to define this thing. We've got to really search what this is. What is a Christian home? Is a Christian home a place where there's a big giant family Bible uh, where there's, you know, you know, there's no television where, uh, you know, that sort of, is that, is that it? <laughs> is, is that what a Christian home is? I love this little funny little story. As a, after the dedication of his baby brother in church, uh, a little boy sobbed all the way home in the back seat of the car. His father asked him three times what was wrong. 
Finally, the boy replied, uh, that pastor said that he wanted uh, us brought home, uh, or want us brought up in a Christian home. And he said, and I want to stay with you guys. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, the reality is, uh, not all kids view <coughs> their home as a Christian home. I think I may have told you uh, last week, or whatever, uh, my, my daughter Callie asked me, she said, Daddy, she said, what do you do? What do you do? And uh, I said, well, what do you mean, what do I do? She said, when you go to work, because I don't always tell my kids everywhere I go. I say, oh, I'm going to work, and uh, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm preaching a funeral. Sometimes I'm, you know, performing a wedding. Sometimes I'm going to the hospital. Sometimes, yeah, you just never know where I'm going. And, and so, uh, so I'll say, hey, I'm going to work. And, and uh, she said, uh, uh, you know, she just kind of looked inquisitive at me when she said, uh, oh, you're going to work. Oh, okay. She said, I thought all you do is preach. And uh, I said, no, sweetie, I do a whole lot. Breaching is a far, far, you know, on the small end of the spectrum compared to what, what I do. Uh, but, uh, uh, but what is a Christian household? I want to get, get into this here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> let me say this. What is a Christian household? Uh, parents, a Christian household, number one, is parents and children communicating. A Christian household is parents and children communicating. I counsel by far. I had two counseling. This is, this is Sunday. I had two counseling appointments this week with people. And uh, by far, I counsel on the area of a lack of communication is the number one area that I have to, that I have to work out with people and help them work out. Lack of communication. Did not communicate that. And uh, let me say this, uh, if we're not careful, we will, we will struggle that. And sometimes we got to hit the, the, the uh, reset button. Let me say this. You say, ah, you know what? I'm not married. I don't have kids. The reality is communication is a huge part of our lives, and we need to make sure that we're communicating. Maybe you're communicating with your children. Maybe you're communicating with, uh, with, with relatives or friends. Whatever the case is, communicate. Let me say, this doesn't stop once the children are all grown up and out of the house. Uh, there should still be communication. And the reality is, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people with their kids grown and out of the house now. And they said, you know, they said, we thought it would be easier now that the kids are out of the house. And they said, uh, it's, it's harder because we're always worrying about them. Wondering if they're okay. They said, we literally pray more now that our kids are out of the house than we ever did when they were here. And let me say that, and I think there's truth to that, and I think that's very wise. Uh, let me say, focus on how much one-on-one uh, you know, -on -one time you have with your individual children in your household, with the people in your household, not just your children. Now, don't, don't one-side this thing. You've got to apply it to your, your life. You, husbands, you had better communicate with your spouses. Your spouse should not be the last person to find out about what's going on that needs to go on in your, in your household. Should not be. United front. Hey, take those kids, sit them in the living room, and communicate with your spouse. You know, especially when they, when they leave home, uh, you know, children going away to college and leaving, there must be communication. Stay in contact. Let me just throw this out there. It's not really a part of what I want to talk about tonight, but some of you in this room, I know uh, you've got kids who are wayward. You've got kids who are away from God. You've got kids who maybe won't even talk to you. Can I say this? Do everything you possibly can to keep the channel of communication open with your kids. Can I say that there is absolutely nothing my children could do that would stop me from having a relationship with them unless they cut me off and will never talk to me. But there's nothing, I'm saying there's no level of sin they could commit, could commit that I would say, I never want to talk to you again. That's my flesh and blood. 
That's my children. I'm going to be there. You know, I think about my mom. My brother, he's in and out. My brother's serving. One of my brothers, he's serving four years right now and, and uh, for some, just some, there's some very bad things he did. And, uh, and uh, my mom goes up to see him. She calls him. She puts money on his books and all that stuff. And of course, you know, my siblings are like, you know, why, why, why are you doing this? She said, that's my son. No matter, no matter what he did wrong, I still love him. And can I say this? No matter what you do wrong, God still loves you. No matter what level of sin you've committed, Jesus Christ still paid the debt. Praise the Lord for that. But I want you to see, what is a Christian home? I said, number one, parents and children communicating. Number two, uh, let me say, working out problems together. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy. You know, we as Baptists, who should be some of the most, not just because we're Baptists, but because we're Christian, we should be some of the most forgiving people on this planet because of what Christ did for us. Do you, let, let me say this. Do you realize in here today, that we are a picture of Christ to this world. We are a picture. Now, times have changed. I, my, my phone's back here, but I, I have hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of pictures on my phone that go back years. I mean, I mean I've got, I take pictures of everything. If there's something that I, that I want to see or something that I don't want to forget, I snap, snap shot it and all that stuff. But I've got all kinds of pictures. But uh, how many of you remember the old Polaroid days when you'd snap it and then that thing would come out and you had it and you, you know, you'd wave it or you'd sit it down, wait till it developed and then you'd have, how many of you remember those days? You remember the old Polaroids where you'd have to snap it and you'd have to take it into Walgreens or wherever and you had to sit and wait three or four days and then finally you went back and picked it up. I tell you what, I think about technology uh, and how much it's changed. But you know, uh, if there's a fire in your house, and you get to go in and you've, you've only got a minute to grab what you can grab before it's over. You're going to go and grab the pictures. You're, you're not worried about that refrigerator. Maybe the picture's on it. You're, you're, not, wor- you're not worried about that bed frame. You're, you're not even necessarily worried about that couch or that television. You're worried about the memories because those couches and those uh, entertainment centers and those refrigerators, that can all be replaced easily. But you can't replace those pictures. Absolutely incredible. We protect them, don't we? You know, we are a picture of Christ. And we are to treat our bodies and we are to treat our lives as such. We're precious to God. Can I say that uh, the pictures in your life, they're precious to you. And you know, I, it, just if it goes without saying, uh, we are precious to Jesus Christ. You know, when we're working out, number two, I said working out problems together. Uh, If you're ever going to work out a problem, you've got to identify the problem. Sometimes the problems in your life and in your family go deeper than what you see on the surface. Sometimes the problem is bitterness that stretches back 10 years. Sometimes the problem is jealousy that goes back years Hey, there could be a, there, I mean, a whole plethora of things, but, but identify the problem. Let me say this, uh, number two, under, this under this same uh, thought here, use the Bible as principal rules of action. Use the Bible. We, church, just like I said this morning, this is what I desire for us, that when we do have issues of life come up, we don't look, you know, Facebook is full of fun little, little sayings. You know, and that's wonderful to see this saying, and, and oh man, that, that's neat, and that's, that's a good thought, but it's not necessarily Scripture. We need to train ourselves to say, okay, what does Jesus say about this? 
What does the Word of God say about this? You know, if you're struggling, I mean, there is, there, is, there is Bible software out there where you can get on there, and it will help you find things if you need to look for certain things. But let me, t- I, I believe this, if you, if you turn to Matthew, you go to the Sermon on the Mount, I believe the Sermon on the Mount has the answers to just about every issue you face. In that one sermon, absolutely incredible. Jesus knew what he was doing. Use the Bible as the principle. This is why we're coming to the decision that we're making. Uh, You know, your children should never feel like they're second best to each other. I joke with my kids all the time. Ethan, he did something for me earlier, and I I, I rewarded him a special something for doing that. And, uh, And so, of course, one of the other kids came in and said, why did Ethan get that? I said, because he's my favorite. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, they know I'm kidding, but you know, that, that should never be evident in your life that one child is, is uh, and you know, it's sometimes some of our children make it easier to love them than others. Sometimes, now some of you just have one or two kids, you're like, oh, I can't see that. Well, I've got six, so I can, t-. some of them make it easier to love them than the other ones do, sometimes. And it's very easy, it's very easy to show special attention to those ones who are always the good ones. Can I tell you something, and this, for what it's worth, many of you, especially you Amazing Grace, you grew up in an environment that when you did wrong, the hammer came down, the law was administered to you. And that's all you ever saw of your, of your parents was law, 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 law. You know, we made it a point in our household to make sure that we reward our children for when they do good as well. Not just, okay, you did wrong, so here's your punishment. Hey, you did right, now here you go. I've been looking up videos on how to train a dog. We're going to, I, I told my wife, I said, we are not bringing this golden, golden retriever into this house. We're picking it up here in like a week. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I, you know, I'm just having flashbacks of the days. We had two Rottweilers growing up. One was a, was a, was a, a German, full-blooded male German Rottweiler. His head was this big. It was kind of like on the sandlot, the beast, you know, the, the big picture of him. His head was this big. Is, that's, that's about what, how I'd compare it to. And, uh, and I, told her, I said, I am not walking out in my yard and stepping on landmines. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. We are training this thing. These kids are going to be out there and they're going to be dealing with this. And that's the beauty of having six of them. Because some of them will be out of the house when this dog is still around, and so we're making sure that we're taken care of. Work out our problems together. You know, encourage our children to be what God wants them to be. You know, I'm not going to rehash this because I just preached it last Sunday, uh, Proverbs 22.6. We need to, to, to hone in our kids', our kids gifts because they've all got different gifts. Not one time, and Brother Pete, I, 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 believe, I, I believe you're all's hearts here with this because we've we got a similar amount of kids. And, 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 and here's the thing. I want my kids to be what God wants them to be. I want them to be with what, I want them to be what gifts God has given them. I want them to use those gifts for God. I don't want to try to mold them into what I want them to be so that I can walk around and say, hey, my kids are this and, and, and brag about that. That's not what I want. I want to see what they're good at. You know, <clears throat> we can see each of our kids have a different work ethic. Each of our kids have something, uh, or they can tune into things. One of our children, I'm not going to say their names because they're right here, but uh, some of them we believe have an engineer mind. One of them, I mean, he's just geared that way. 
we've got one who's more methodical, who is a deep thinker, and we're just like, man, that's, that's something. We, we're going we're gonna to look into that. We've got another one who just loves to work with her hands. I mean, anything can do to, 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 to help. And, and, and you know what? That's what we want to do. We want to develop those, and we want them to say, hey, you know, uh, I may never use this in full-time ministry on staff, but you know what? Uh, I could use this gift for the Lord. I mean, thinking about that, thinking about what God can do with you and through you. Can I say this? I said, uh, number two, I said, work out problems together. Number three, teach moral principles. Teach moral principles. Have them read a Proverbs a day. Have, have them in their Bible. Have them listen to some good music. You know, in our house today, we were, we were doing some things around the house, and, and uh, we, got on our, we got the Bluetooth, we got a speaker inside the house, and we put on some good music. And while we're in there uh, having family time, we put on some good music that honors Christ. You know, when necessary, explain to them why they shouldn't do what you tell them instead of just because I said so. Can I say, uh, give them the reason why. And I think this is partly why uh, some of our children and some of our degeneration is kind of, kind of just, just strayed is because they've always been told no, but they've never been given the why to the no. Can I say this, number four, keep God in every decision. Keep God in it. I know this is not bombastic. I'm not jumping from the chandeliers, but I'm telling you, this stuff will change your life if you listen. Keep God in every decision. <clears throat> you know, there's some emotional needs for husbands and wives. You know, there's a, the acceptance factor for who they are. Don't expect them to be something they're not. You know, don't expect your spouse to be something uh, that they've never claimed to be. Don't expect them to be something different for you. You know, the reality is, uh, you know, as time goes on, we, we, we seem to drift apart in marriages. It seems like, oh, you know, now, you know, we've been married 20 years, we've married 30 years, we don't even talk to each other anymore. Hey, you know what? That should not be how it is. The more time you spend together, you know, the, the, the more time you should want to spend together. Uh, and, uh, uh, but the acceptance, I think admiration uh, letting them know, hey, you're the only one. You're the only one. You know, I purposely, I purposely on wife, I remember the other day I was, I was talking to my wife, I was at the retreat, and I, I said, you know, I said, uh, never one time have I ever thought about leaving you. Not one time have I ever thought about leaving my wife. No matter how hard things may get, I never slammed the door and ran off and left her and, uh, you know, you're on your own. That never, that's never entered my mind. But you know what? I made sure that I brought that up to her. You know, she needs assurance. She, she needs that uh, to know, hey, you know what? I'm here for the long haul. I've always joked. They said, uh, somebody said, uh, preacher, what would you do if your wife left you? I said, I'd go with her. <coughs> I'd go with her. I'm not, I'm, no, I'm with her. I'm with her. Approval. You know, there needs to be that approval. There needs to be that approval. <coughs> I think I preached this years ago. I've got an outline in my Bible. I'm not preaching it here today, but... Uh, uh, but I've got in my Bible here in Ephesians, a healthy home life. Number one, husband, the head of the home. Number two, the wife, the heart of the home. Number three, children, the honor of the home. And number four, Christ, the hope of the home. And I thought that was a good outline. I just thought I'd throw it out there because I, I can't remember if I've preached that or if I just outlined. I don't know, I don't know which I did. But you know, um, lust, listen here, in, in, our, in, our, in our relationships, lust is taking sight and saying, what can you do for me? That's what lust is. Lust is taking side and saying, what can you do for me? Love, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're in love. They're really in lust. 
You take two 15-year-olds, they don't know what love is. They don't know what love is. Honestly, to a degree, they don't. I said lust is taking sight and saying, what can you do for me? Love is giving heart and saying, what can I do for you? Giving heart and saying, what can I do for you? Proverbs 22, 6, I mentioned it just a little bit ago. The uh, uh, Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he, is not de- he will not depart from it. Uh, you know, uh, if, I've said this before, and I know you've probably heard other people say it before, uh, but write it down if you're taking notes tonight. Rules without relationships equal rebellion. Rules without relationships equal rebellion. I was counseling someone not long ago, and <clears throat> they, were, they were frustrated with their kids, and they were upset with their kids because their kids would not listen to them. And I said, okay, well, teenage kids. I said, all right, now, uh, well, let's, let's, let's backtrack this. Uh, when, they get, when they get up for school, do you see them at all? Oh, no, no, they get up and they just go, okay. When they get home from school, do you greet them? Are you home? Yeah, I'm home when they get home from school. Do you greet them? Well, yeah, kind of, kind of. Do you ask them how their day was? Well, you know, it was occasionally. I said, you got some work to do. Don't let your household be that your kids come in and they go straight up to the room and you don't see them until you go drop some food off in their room to eat at. And then they, you know, all that. You know, in my household, we eat at the table. I cannot remember one time, and my kids are in here to testify, that I cannot remember one time we've sent food to our kids' rooms to eat. I'm for the family Walton-style dining room. So much so that at my dining room table, we've got a bench and I'm going to, it's too short. I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to build two wooden benches and we are going to have a Walton style dining room. Make fun of me all you want, but you know what? My kids are going to know what it's going to be like for the rest of their days in my house to know what it's like when it's, when it's uh, breakfast time, when it's dinner time, lunch is at school. Uh, they're going to know what it's like to come in and talk with a family. And you know, my kids got tablets just, you know, just like everybody else, the Kindles and all that stuff. But you know what? They're not welcome. They're, they're, those tablets, the phones, they're not, they're not out at our dinner table. Spend time with your family. Now, I know I'm not wowing you tonight with all of this great deep Bible knowledge, but this is what I'm trying to say. Problems in our home are not as deep as we realize. If we would just tune in and get back to talking to each other and get back to spending time with each other and get all these, get all these phones and cell phones, all this, just get them out of the way. I miss, I miss the good old days. You know, when somebody would call and you had to go up to that, you had to go to the wall and you had to pick up that phone or you had to go to the, to the, to the uh, coffee table and, or whatever, the nightstand. You had to go and you had to pick that phone up and it had the cord on it. And you know, you remember those days when you'd, you'd answer it uh, and, and you'd pick it up. You didn't know who it was. And you'd answer it and there you were and, and, uh, and your wife's standing there in front of it and you answer it and she's sitting there saying, tell them I'm not here. And she's, uh, uh, she said to tell you she's not here. And, uh, and uh, you, remember, <laughs> you remember, you've done it. You lie. You know you've done it. <clears throat> tell them to call me back later. I miss those good old days when it's not attached to my hip. I miss the simple days. I'm not against the days we have, but I I do. I I do. I miss those. We need more communication in our homes. One-on-one time. You know, I make it a point with with my daughter, probably twice a month, Callie is five years old in kindergarten, I take her out on a daddy daughter date night about twice a month. You know what I'm doing? I'm teaching her what a man should be to a woman. I'm teaching her at five years old the way a woman needs to be treated. You say, what do you talk about when you go out? Whatever she wants to talk about, what she did, the, whoever she's mad at in kindergarten class, what, whoever, whoever's not her friend right now, you know, whatever she wants to talk about, that's what we talk about. 
Just like when I go with my wife, whatever she wants to talk about, that's what we talk about. It's her time. It's yours, whatever you want. Give that. We need more communication. We need more commitment. We need more commitment in our homes. Commitment to Christ and being more like Him by the grace of God. More commitment. I don't know a woman on this planet that does not want a husband or boyfriend to be committed or to commit to her. I'm not saying that there's not, but I'm saying uh, it's a part of of the makeup. Let me say this. We need more control in the homes. We need more control in the homes. Children should not be running the show. Husbands, lead the home. Wives, let's, let's look what the scripture says, and, and I'm not going to be too much longer. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> look at verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, <clears throat> giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the home, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. God described marriage as honorable. Honorable. This is not some fluke fly-by-night thing. This is an honorable thing. Institution. Can I say that your marriage, family, home has an atmosphere? Look at at verse number 22 one more time. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, anytime, anytime God uses a noun of direct address, put your name in there. Are you with me? It makes it so much more personal. Anytime God uses an noun of direct address, look at verse number 22 for you English majors. Wives, put your name in there. <coughs> we'll use my wife, Jenny. Jenny, submit yourself unto your own husband. That's Nathan, as unto the Lord. For Nathan is the head of Jenny, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. You know, we've gotten away from this thing. We've gotten away from this thing of wives submitting unto the husbands. Hey, you know what? Whatever decision you make, that's okay. Let me say this. If, this, if it offended you, that say this is not a woman-led church, then you've got some issues. You've got some issues. <clears throat> I had someone come to me one time. They said, what does it mean? What does it mean that women are just keep silent in the church? controversy. I said, what does it mean? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What does that mean? This didn't go over too well, by the way. She said, well, what do you mean? I said, what does it mean? She said, it means what it says. You, you think there's some deeper meaning to it? No. Now, 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 now listen here. 
If you want to break this verse down, I believe we are particularly dealing with the business of the church. I have no problem with a woman testifying. I have no problem with a woman singing, coming, coming up in here and singing. Hey, that, that, that's, a different, that's a different situation. What we're talking about is the business aspect of the church. I know a church right now where um, they, they called me. They didn't call me to, for the pastor, but they're, they're without a pastor. And they said, hey, can, can you help? We, we, need some, we need some help in what to do. We, we, we don't know how to do this thing. And uh, so I started giving them some advice and, and, uh, and got to talking. And um, I have a preacher friend who's preached for him a couple times. And I said, I said, hey, I said, how's it going? He said, they're never going to get a pastor. What? What, what, do you, what do you mean? They're never going to get a pastor. He said, the men will not lead. The women are leading the whole thing. They're never going to get a pastor. Can I say, I'm not in here to beat up, beat up. I'm not one who beats up on what you, you know that. I, uh, you know, but the reality is, the reality is, the Bible said, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Can I say this? In God's economy, there's not one person more important to the other in the sense of worth to God. Oh, the men's more important than the woman. No, he, there are, you, do you understand roles? Do you understand what, what, what the difference is with roles in a relationship? <clears throat> the reality is we all have a role. We all have a role uh, that we play. You know, you think about it uh, in, in, in submitting to that role, the role of a husband, the role of a wife, the role of children. Wouldn't you say that the role of the husband and the wife is above that of the role of the children? Yeah. Let's take, let's take there's a police officer that was just, how many have heard about the police officer just, just murdered? And... Um, he was, uh, he's a friend of my family, and uh, my family knows, knows him, and it, it's a sad thing. And um, he had an authority over us as a police officer. And that was something we are to submit to. You know, this is a problem in our country. People will not submit to the authority of the authorities. No, I believe that there are some crooked police officers out there. Yes, I believe there are. But just because one of them is doesn't mean they all are. I mean, this is, this is, this, I could open up so many, such a big can of worms with this. There have been police officers who have shot and killed people unlawfully. There have been. And it is sad and they need to be dealt with. Fullest extent of the law. I, I've got this thing where I was taught to obey authority, or at least I've come to that conclusion that I'm going to. Can I say that we need to teach our children this, to respect authority? Because it goes without saying, if you look at the statistics of those uh, men in prison, uh, the majority, over 75% of them, did not have a father figure in the home. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.